welcome to the only movie podcast. No, uh, technically, we are the only podcast about movies. What the hell is the difference, man? Fair enough. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shahir Dowd. And for the next hour, we will be discussing the short film sensation, Kung Fury. Yeah, I mean, you know, we looked at the list of films we could watch this week. Which, we did. Which was, uh, you know, San Andreas. Yep, that's true. Aloha, the new Cameron Crowe film. I thought you were saying Aloha to San Andreas at first. Then I remembered that's an actual movie. Well, you know, The Rock is Hawaiian. That is, I know. Well, Aloha, Dwayne Johnson. Well, he's Samoan. He's Samoan. It's uh, not the same. It is not the same at all. Um, but, yeah, so we looked at all those films. I mean, there are a bunch of other independent films you can right. go see this week as well. But this is an independent... Uh, is it an independent film? Yeah, kind of. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Sure. Is Kickstarter. that independent, technically? Uh, you're dependent on a lot of people. Hey, any movie you make, you're dependent on a lot of Fair people. Fair enough. So why don't we explain what the film is? Sure. Kung Fury, short film available right now on YouTube, funded by Kickstarter backers, uh, like a huge success on Kickstarter. You right. Know, they were looking for $200,000. They got $660,000. God bless them. Uh, I mean, good good for them. I mean, uh, the guy's name is uh, David Sand... Uh, uh, David Sandberg. Okay. He's and, of Swedish descent, is he not? Of Swedish descent, though you couldn't tell, except in the occasional uh, accent slip. Right. And... Um, the film was really a huge online sensation, This not just this week, but in its original form, uh, which was a trailer, because that trailer is pretty amazing. Like, you would be hard, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to look at that trailer and say that was not one of the best trailers of 2012? Yeah, something like that. 2011 or 12, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, you'd think the only <laughs> the only podcast about movies would we'd be more done, prepared we'd, we'd to talk about movies. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, so it's been around for a bit. Let's yeah. just say that. It's been around for a while. It's been in the sort of nerd lexicon for quite some time. Uh, and it's nice to see it finally sort of out. And I never knew what they were going to do with it. I I'm, I don't know if they were very trans- – they probably were transparent that they were just going to put it on YouTube. I mean, the well, guy who made it – what? Well, you weren't a backer, were you? I was not a backer, no. Neither, neither was I. Because it already it made 600000 by the time I heard of it. I know. And, and this, this is the thing. We're reaping the rewards of other people's investment at this point. You know, like, it's such... You know, like, it... It hey, is, they got they got uh, they got prizes for their their tier level of donation. They're fine. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and it's great. You know, like we just watched it. Um, it is really a lot of fun. There, now there are problems with it, and there are things right. I'd want to talk about later on. Sure, but let's but but let's let's. What is it about? If you had to give a brief synopsis about Kung Fury and make it sound less insane than Mad Max Fury Road, which oh, we talked man. about last uh, week. Okay, so Kung Fury is the story of a cop aptly named Kung Fury who is imbibed with the uh, spirit of actual Kung Fury, which is a special type of Kung Fu that only one person can have at a time. And he got it person. by trying to capture someone with his partner that happened to be a kung fu master, but he got hit by lightning and bit by a cobra at the same time, and that infused him with enough kung kung fu uh, DNA, I think is kind of how they, they play it out in the film, uh, that made him into Kung Fury. And since then, he's been the ultimate person in kung fu and the best cop ever. Oh, the, the um, greatest cop. In I fact, think. he is only since then, uh, you know, so this is going to get into a little bit of spoilers in the first five minutes. This movie's only <laughs> a half hour long. Yeah. Um, his partner, like all great 80s action movies, uh, dies, and he refuses to get another partner, and he quits the force, and that's where sort of the story begins. You'd say he's, he's a loner, right? He's, he's a loner. A, he works alone. He works alone. Um, and this film is the ultimate homage to every sort of 80s action movie uh, in the, I mean, well, you picked the exact reference. I did. I, I, I didn't see this, but but we were, you did, and we just watched the trailer. We were, yeah, we were going through the list. Let me pull up the list that you made because it's very important. So we're like, oh well, this movie is drawing a lot from a lot of places. It's drawing from Terminator, Miami Vice, Street Fighter, Double Dragon, even Final Fight. You know, the thing there was a reference to, and also, uh, but really, what this movie is a hundred percent. Honestly, is the movie Cobra starring uh, Sylvester Stallone? That what, is what was Cobra's name? Like, Miriam Cobretti. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's or amazing. it might have been Miriam Cobretti. I don't know, but either way, it's it's now here's here's what we want you to do. If you watch the movie, we're we're asking you before you listen to this podcast, stop it right here, go and watch Kung yes. Fury. It's only half an hour long, and immediately after you watch Kung Fury, watch the trailer to Cobra. Right. And you will see exactly all the references this film is pulling, the style, the look. And the funny thing is the the, the clip on the Cobra trailer on YouTube 
is off an old VHS tape, which, right. which is exactly the look of this film. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the crux behind this. So the guy who made it, David, what was his name? Sandberg. David Sandberg. He is, would you call him just a visual effects genius, whiz? I, what would you... He, he directs commercials, music videos. He's, he's, you know, like, a lot of young filmmakers these days are jack-of-all-trades. Right. They're a visual effects artist. They're, they're cinematographers. This guy is an actor, you know, very... Fairly good-looking guy. Yeah, well, uh, you know, um, wouldn't kick him off a dinosaur. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think huh? I've ever heard that phrase huh? before, and I think I'm going to use it tonight. There you go. Um, but uh, you know, he's he's a guy who can do all sorts of all sorts of things. He was on the visual effects team, and the visual effects in this film are kind of mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, for the, I mean, I mean, I guess he had a big budget, but bigger it, than what we have. But 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 the other thing is is that the visual effects are appropriately pitched at this film. It right. feels like even if he had five million dollars to make this thirty minute film, mm-hmm. he would turn in the exact same film. Right. You know, like it looks like what he wanted. Well, there's a lot of love behind it too. I think you can see that. I think you can see that from the the internet sort of. I mean, you can tell. Yeah. And it's it's the style of it is you know it's an homage to eighties movies and it it. It tries to look quota. No, no. Let me let me take that back. It doesn't try to look like an '80s movie. It tries to feel like an '80s movie looks. Yeah, and it's it's got this sort of VHS kind of like lo-fi quality to right. it. There's some tracking issues on occasion on purpose, which yeah, is, yeah. I enjoyed. It's it is all it, it is a entirely or predominantly a green screen film, um, but you know the green screen kind of works in its favor. Right. You know, like it, maybe in the way Sin City does a little bit. Um, so yeah, no, I think the look of this film is fantastic. I think the sound, the score is really great. This is a film that really knows its references and really understands its references and, and works them. And so you know, Cobra, The Thing, Terminator, Miami Vice, all of those things are in. All of those movies are in this film. Right now, that is at once a great thing because you know, at at thirty minutes, it's a great thing to watch with friends. It's, yeah. it's a barrel laugh. I'm. It's got four million views on YouTube right now. In two days. In two days, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure it's going to skyrocket. You know, like people are writing about it all all over the place. And I know they've got a deal for a feature film. Great. But here's the here's the problem of a film like this. Uh oh. Wait. Is there trouble in Kung Fu Paradise? <laughs> oh boy. Um. Don't you think that this film at one hour and 20 minutes would outlast its welcome at half an hour? You know, it's interesting because I thought that originally. I got a text about this movie today when we were talking back and forth, like, maybe we could do this or whatever, yeah. and I don't want to see Aloha. But then what we kind of came up with before we before I suggested uh, Kung Fury, my friend Gaten, who I don't know if you know Gaten. Uh, Gaten DeSimone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Gaten. Okay, hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, Gaten. Hey, Gaten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was like, dude. Did you? And I haven't talked to him in like six months. Yeah. He's like, dude, did you see Kung Fury? And I was like, you know, I saw the trailer forever ago. I'm like, I just don't think I could sit through an hour and a half of it. Like, yeah. I just don't because it, it it would sort of, you know, it's it's a it's a great joke, but it's still sort of a one note joke. It is a one note joke. Yeah. yeah. So then he's like, no, dude, it's a half hour. And I was like, oh, I can watch that. Yeah. That's it's a it it is a great uh, like uh, uh, the perfect length for this kind of film. But I know that. So, so here's the thing. There is definitely, and you can see this in the trades in Variety and whatever trade magazines you're reading right now, um, that there is definitely an appetite for short films from young filmmakers, right. particularly science fiction bent or, you know, with some sort of visual effects component mm-hmm. that could be turned into a feature film. Yeah. And there's only very few of those that have actually worked out, uh, you know, it well. And probably the most famous one recently is District 9. Which came from a short film that uh, Neil Blomkamp did, right? Um, but you know, like right now, there are two big sales recently: one from a film called Sundays, one from another film called Controller. Both very good music video directors. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, and they're, and they're great looking short films. Yeah, you know, like go go look them out. They're pretty mind blowing. You know, the short film is not what it used to be. No, uh, you know, the short film has production values that that match you know feature films these yeah. days. But those are, you know, in, in the politest sense, very, very slight on story and more like a sales reel for, hey, I could direct a feature film. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, this does feel a little more like I have a cool story to tell mm-hmm. and clearly I have an audience for it now yeah. because there are people who are willing to watch it. 
it's it's a simple story, but it's a cool story. I mean, th- this movie lives and dies on cool. Like that's what it does. Yeah. Uh, totally. So there's nothing wrong with that. Like it has, and it, and it is cool. It has a beginning, middle, end, and sort of teaser for a possible sequel. It, you know, yeah. I, I doubt we'll see a sequel, a direct sequel to Kung Fury. Well, here's an interesting comparison: is that uh, the film not only debuted on YouTube, but it also debuted on the El Rey Network, which mm-hmm. is Robert Rodriguez's network. Oh yeah. And so the parallel, obviously, is Grindhouse. Um, well, the parallel kind of is. Well, continue your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could argue Sin City as well. Um, that but, wasn't what I was going to argue. Oh, that wasn't what I was going to argue. We'll come back yeah, to yeah. that. But, but to me, the parallel is Grindhouse, which is a you know like Grindhouse. The the whole concept of Grindhouse started out as little short trailers, basically in the same way this did, mm-hmm. and then got extended out into feature films. And my problem with Grindhouse is extended out into feature films. They're not that great. Machete. Um, uh, the 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 Robert Rodriguez Grindhouse film in mm-hmm. particular. Um, I forgot Planet the, Terror. Planet Terror. Yeah. I, I I mean I don't know how you felt about those films, but like I I liked Planet Terror. You didn't like Quentin Tarantino's film. Uh, I uh, it, it 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 was it. You know, you know. Sometimes when you see something, you're like, "Oh man, that's really clever." And then they're clever for like two hours, and you're like, "I don't give a shit that you're clever anymore because you're just saying the same clever shit." Well, that's the problem. That's that is the yeah. Okay, look, it's not the problem. You know, like I don't want to be a Nelly naysayer. <laughs> that is a phrase I'm going to use wow. on tonight. Wow. But uh, uh, I, you know, like I don't want to like dismiss a film before it comes out. Of course. And the, and the mark of every great filmmaker that we've seen uh, is that they can come up with this one amazing concept that really puts them on the map, and then they evolve. And so you know, like we hope. Mm-hmm. That David Sandberg, you know, who's now, you know, inevitably made a mark on the cinematic yeah. world. I'm sure he's getting calls from agents all over the place. I'm sure, you know, like people are lining up at his door to like even cast him in movies, you know. Like yeah. I think he, you know, I think he could be an actor as well. Yeah. Um, let's hope that the next thing he does evolve you know, like signals some kind of evolution. Like you could argue that you know, if you've seen uh, Alive in Joburg, Neil Blomkamp's film, yeah. from Alive in Joburg to District Nine there is a real evolution of storytelling. There's a real, like, all right, let's take this idea and let's really flesh it out mm-hmm. into a story. Yeah. So I hope that, you know, if there's a feature film film version of Kung Fury, that he really fleshes it out. I think, personally, this would work better as, if you know, if, you, if they are going to continue with this world, this story, this right. look, this would work better as a web series. For my money. Um, I mean, would you pay money to see this in a theater? Uh, an hour and a half of it. Let's no, see. because no, because uh, when I thought it was out today and it was an hour and a half, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to watch it." So if it I'm would, not going to watch it for free, yeah, and an hour and a half, I'm not going to go pay money to watch it for an hour. It would have to be exceptional, right? Like it would have. I would to have be. to get word of mouth, and then people would be like, "No, you really need to. This is insane." And I'd be like, "Really? It doesn't get old." And if they said, "Nope," yeah. and hey, I mean, another good example that I really like, and you know, you were, you were going to interrupt me with some other ones. Um, I think Sin City. Is you know, Sin City One right. is a film that holds its own as a feature length film. I think that really works as a feature. I, I really like Sin City a lot. Um, yeah, no, I like Sin City a lot too, but I also haven't seen it in a lot of years. Yeah. I don't know the when the last time you have is, but it it um it, not that it doesn't I don't think I think it probably ages fine as a film. Yeah. But I wonder, now that we've seen you know <laughs> Sin City Two? Well yeah, no, no, but like <laughs> And I, you know, I got to bring everything back to Marvel. Uh, you know, Sin City was sort of the first film like that we'd seen. Yeah, honestly, and that I think really garnishes a lot of like goodwill towards a film and the feelings you have towards a film. Just like for me, Avengers One was this you know pinnacle of a certain thing because I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Avengers Two, I like it a lot, but I don't. Th- it didn't give me the same feels as as Avengers One did. Where like I think. Now that Sin City has sort of broken that, and I'm not even talking about Sin City 2. I didn't see that. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, Sin City's special because it was first. Yeah. This is special because it's first in its own sort of weird little niche way. That I'm talking about Kung Fury. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And granted, I know 4 million hits in two days on YouTube is a big deal, and, like, it's it's probably going to become sort of a virally hit, but it's going to also be something like people are going to know that Kung Fury was a viral hit but not have seen it. And that's where... It's going to b- hopefully find its audience if it becomes a feature film. It's weird when you think about it. Like, uh, the feature film, you know, the the ma- the blockbuster feature film industry mm-hmm. is still treating YouTube as kind of testing ground mm-hmm. for, for young filmmakers. It's kind of like the yeah. place where you, you know, and, and that makes sense because if you're a young filmmaker, you're not going to get your film into a theater. You're going to get it into, um, onto YouTube or Vimeo or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but 
I guess, you know, for me, what's interesting is if, if the, the whole paradigm of the way we distribute feature films changes and Kung Fury lives and dies on YouTube. You know, it lives and dies in the online world. And that's where, that's the only place you can see it. Yeah. You know, like, like the other example that's going to be coming out this summer is Pixels. The, the new film starring Ben Stiller, directed by Chris Columbus. That was originally a short film. It's not film. starring Ben Stiller, it's starring Adam Sandler. Oh, okay. Adam Sandler. Yeah. I, was I, was, like, I, was, I was like, there's no awful Ben Stiller movie coming out. And I was no. like, oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. no, you're right, you're right, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but Pixels was a short film, you know, a really cool proof of concept short film. It was really fun. And then they've expanded it out into a feature film. And have I, they expanded though? I, you know, I gotta admit, you look at the trailer and you're like, this has none of the, the vibrancy, the the excitement, no that charm. They, yeah, but then that might just be a virtue of the fact that you're putting it into a big, you know, into into a, a multiplex. You're you're putting movie stars in it. You're, you're putting like, Adam Sandler in it. You're putting Adam Sandler in it. You're like, you know, throwing a lot of money at it. I always feel bad. Can we talk about this for two seconds? Yeah. I always feel bad bad mouthing Adam Sandler. I mean, his he still is a money maker, and he, you know, he the grown ups and all that stuff. But like, he was so great, and like his films were so funny, and and they're still funny to me today, which leads me to believe it's not like an age restriction thing. Like, oh, I was eighteen, and they were really cool. Nothing he's made in the last ten years has made me turn my head, and it's just oh, everything he's made in the last ten years has probably made you turn your head away from the right. screen. So uh, like I don't know. So tagging like oh man, this is a great independent, cool, totally like people haven't seen something like this film that we got off the internet. We bought. We're dealing with the director and da 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 da. It's going to be great. They're not. Oh, oh they're not. They're, they're, it's it's gone to Chris Columbus who directed Home Alone, who directed. Uh, one Harry, you know, the first two Harry Potter films. Oh. Uh, so, either way, they take this great idea and they, you know, what because it's even better, guys, is present day Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, not not. Listen, I have two thousands Adam Sandler. Look, we're get, we're getting sidetracked, but I have a lot of hope for Adam Sandler because to me, you know, like those are, those are, you know the the Happy Madison, mm-hmm. you know, is a, is a great film. Um, but uh, Billy you know, Madison is the film. Happy Madison is his company. Is his company. What was the other film where he went back to school? Was those Billy Billy Madison, Madison who went back to school? Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore was the golf one. Then it's Happy Madison is his, his, yeah. his old thing. Yeah, that's where I got confused. But um, you know, like, and it all reaches a peak at Punch Drunk Love for me. Like that. That mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. I, I love Punch Drunk Love with you know pure passion. Well, that's the thing with Adam Sandler. And again, this isn't the Adam Sandler. <laughs> this isn't the only podcast <laughs> about Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. <laughs> this is the only podcast you're going to be hearing about. Kung Fury. Seriously, go well, check we, we, out the other ones. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, aren't, they're not there. <laughs> I mean, don't actually go to prove me wrong. Just take my word for it that there's no other podcast about Kung Fury. I searched high and low. I, and we thought, man, we should probably just do this. But Adam Sandler has such potential. And yeah. like, not even potential. He's proven himself. Yeah. Like, oh, over and over again. It's, so I don't know. It just it, bothers me. Let's. Uh, what is this movie we're talking about? Uh, Kung Fury. Well, I mean, okay, so so... So Adam Sandler stars as Kung Fury. No. <laughs> oh my God! If they did a remake and Adam Sandler, stars. if Adam Sandler is in the Kung Fury movie, I don't know what I'll You'll boycott it. Yeah, just on no, principle. It just. Oh, I don't um, think that'll happen. So you know the other thing is like so with when it comes to comedies, there are very few films that actually like make me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. And you know Kung Fury had me laughing out loud and giggling yeah. kind of you know like three or four times. Yeah. And then the actual spectacle of it, you know, the actual. Uh, Oh my God! They did this. Wow, my jaw drops. Kind of moments. Mm-hmm. There, the I, I I gotta admit, and I'm, I'm I'm ragging on the Avengers right now, as as I will for a while. But the yeah. opening of this film of Kung Fury, right? I think rivals the Avengers in terms of spectacle. And wow, maybe it's because we know the budget. Maybe because we know it's independent and it's small. And it's the first time you've seen something like this. Yeah. That's what it is. But, f- but it also, it has scale. You know, like, you wouldn't expect a short film to have this sca- kind of scale. Right. No, and that's great. Again, it's the first time you've seen a short film have this sort of scale with this cool art style and whatever. Like, mm. it's the first time. The Avengers is cool because it's the first mm. time you see competently done throwing all these worlds together to do its thing. Like, it's it's all of... I, the more I see it, especially... I saw Age of Ultron, by the way, again this week. <laughs> I uh, really feel we should rename our podcast to... The only podcast, podcast where we reference the movie just every time. Uh, it, it's, and, you know, it's funny. I was watching it again, and I was like, man, like, the first act now, act one where they're in the snow. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, this. I don't like this. Yeah. But the other, the rest of the movie flips very quickly for me, and I really, really enjoy it. And 
it's because I think it opens with that huge long, you know, it's the same, sh- it's the one shot, quote unquote, that they stitched together to make the big shot, which they had in the first Avengers near the end, and it was amazing because I'd never seen it before. Anyway, I think a lot of this stuff, Kung Fury included, it, it will will live on not only because it is very, very technically done well and crafted with a lot of love, but also because we have not seen a thing like it. I, I don't know if we have not seen a thing like it. Like I say, like check out check out Sundays uh, directed by uh, what is his name, Misha Rosema. But is Sundays in the other film there? Um, uh, controller. Controller. They're not getting the same press as this thing. They've been so the, now. Those films are kind of they were set up by uh, Hollywood agencies to be sold. So as soon as they were launched online, they were right. like launched. So it's and, different. It's slightly different, yeah, and they're. They're much slighter in story. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the the level of spectacle of film, if, if you were just going on spectacle alone, both those, well, Sundays in particular kind of rivals the Avengers. And it, you mm-hmm. know, it looks, it, it's in the same sort of quality as yeah. well. You know, like it's it's big, it's photorealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Kung Fury is not photorealistic. No. It's just kind but of. But it's a, honest to its style, which makes it fine. Yeah. And it still manages to give you that sense of grandeur and scale, you know, like yeah. that, that does surprise you. It doesn't, it never looks cheap. You know, that's the amazing. I mean, right. it, although the well, aesthetic, no, the, the no, art it, style is, is you know uh, functionally cheap you it know, never looks cheap because it's going for cheap that's what it i mean it's that's... And, and i and you know if we were to point out to one of the faults it's not a fault but like it, it, a fault. in the first five minutes of the film they kind of do this vhs cutaway you know like the vhs tape is grinding up and it feels like they're doing it it i i don't think this is necessarily the case but it does feel a little bit like hey we couldn't quite pull off the effects we wanted so we're here like some snippets i don't think so man i'm gonna actually it's so funny you're saying this about this and last week i was saying that about the mad max scene about him walking away and i was like oh well they can't show it yeah Uh, and you're like no it's a story reason i think this is a story reason too because there's look you watch this film Mm -hmm. there's no doubt they could have dragged it out and showed a big bunch of cool fight scenes getting them from place to place and yeah that's neat but then you're putting too much spectacle in the beginning or you can have this really funny gag of when he's fighting this arcade machine come to life the tracking gets all bad and all of a sudden they go from pounding each other on the street to hanging off a helicopter to being on some scaffolding to, to doing being on the moon to being on the moon no it wasn't the moon it was um i'm sorry it, it was, was a space station th- right? no, he crashes into the hubble telescope yeah uh and yeah no maybe you're right there maybe it is it it, it just kind of like when you start watching it be- i guess maybe you know the thing is and maybe this is a function of it being a Kickstarter film. You, the viewing you think, ex- yeah. Yeah, the viewing experience is different. When you go into a film like Avengers and you see a shitty effect, you kind of think, oh, uh, you know, like, uh, what what were they thinking? Right. Whereas in this, you're kind of going, oh, well, they didn't have enough money. Uh-huh. Like, at least they're trying to cover mm-hmm. it up. But yeah. maybe that's a fault in my, like, perceptual experience. Inside baseball. Film. Yeah. What sports reference? <laughs> oh my god, I, I don't even know what baseball is. Oh man, it's the thing. It's not football. One it's of the two. American cricket, right? Yeah, yeah. Ameri- no, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> American cricket. Yeah. Equally boring without yeah. alcohol. Oh, Jiminy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I think let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, well, you said David Sandberg. You 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 think he could? You think he could act? I mean, yeah, maybe you know, like maybe I could backtrack on that a little bit. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of backtracking. I backtracked off uh, off my uh, my vignette idea, and now I'm backtracking on this. The- Look, he he certainly looks like a movie star. Oh yeah, no, he's he's, he's an attractive man. Yeah, no, 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 but it, you know, he looks like he has that kind of like. You can put him Stoicism. on st- If you put him next to it's so funny. You want to you want to see the similarities between this and Cobra. Take a still of him in, in Kung Fury, and take a still of Stallone in Cobra, yeah. and they look. Damn close. I think Cobra has a five o'clock shadow, and that's pretty much the difference. Well, you know, they look slightly, you know, they have different face, but but it's that, you know, like when I'm, this is coming back to me as a filmmaker, like one of the things I always look for in actors isn't necessarily their ability to deliver lines, but my, their ability for me to put the camera on them and just have the camera point at them for like two minutes and have it be interesting. Is this a person who I want to see on camera? Right. And and there's a certain, you, you, you see this, you know, like if you do enough, if you make enough films, if you cast enough people, you see it, you know, th- that thing, some people got it, some people don't, mm-hmm. is really true. And, and I think watching this, David Sandberg, whatever it is, he got it. Okay. You know, like he's got that star kind of quality about him. He's got that kind of like, screen presence that makes you go, I want to see what's happening behind that guy's eyes. You know, I want want to know what's happening there. So 
could he deliver lines in another film? I don't know because this film has like a purposely overdubbed kind of feel to it. Right. He he's and he's a certain Swe- type of lines. He's he's Swedish, so he's like you know pretending to have an American mm-hmm. accent as well. Would that work in any other context? Maybe, maybe not. But then you know, like you, Arnold I, made it. Hey, you yeah, Arnold made it. You could have argued to me. I, I wouldn't have believed Jack Black would have a career outside of High Fidelity, but he does. Hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so who's to say? He's that, on HBO now, Shahir, so yeah, yeah. back the fuck up. Hey, that's what I'm saying. After At High Fidelity, I wouldn't have said, oh, that guy's going to have a range of movies. Fucking you know? cock <laughs> That's what he says. It's a tenacious D thing. Oh, it's a tenacious. It's a kielbasa sausage. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. I, yeah. I see where your nerd references are. But... <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. So, so, so you're in that camp. I, I agree. I mean, look, I think he's very interesting, and I think, um, I think in the right sort of roles like this, he's great. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, and then the other side of it is the marketing of this film. The genius moment was having David Hasselhoff do right. the song. Let's talk about that because that's a recent. So this has been on the internet in trailer form in a couple other ways for a long time. In fact, I thought this movie had dropped twice already. Right. Uh, and then. All of a sudden, maybe three months ago, yeah, uh, David Hasselhoff comes out with the track you'll hear at the beginning and the end of this podcast called, I think it's called, just Need, we need some, some Action. We Need Some Action. We Need Some Action. Uh, and it's really catchy and good in 80s, and they made a video with it, and like Kung Fury meets David Hasselhoff, and they make a David, they even make the the Hassel, the Hoff 9000 or the, whatever the, the, is his the car. The Knight Rider reference, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which is interesting to have David Hasselhoff be the car. He's kit now. Full circle. Um, I th- I mean, that's genius. I mean, I, it's it's great marketing, and it and it's it shows to me that they're you know like you could you could you could have argued this is a niche Swedish little sure. thing, you know that might never make it out of Sweden or where you know uh, or out of a small nerd mm-hmm. circle, and as as much as David Hasselhoff is not like a mainstream popular figure, you know like he's certainly like a um, you know, he's sort of a... He's a cultural... He's a... He, look, he's a global icon, whether you like it or not. He's a global icon, but he wouldn't... Like, he wouldn't... He couldn't open a movie. No. Not he, an American movie. Not an American movie. But to but to include him here suggests that there is a uh, an interest in this film and and a, a, a place for this film much legitimacy. broader... Legitimacy. Yeah, much broader than the internet. Yeah, he's he, he lended his legitimacy. And around the world, I know, listeners, this is an insane sort of thing to say, but David Hasselhoff has legitimacy. He is huge... In Europe. All over the damn place. Yeah. And just because he's the Baywatch guy here doesn't mean... Yeah, I mean... Damn, we, th- damn thing. You know, the EMAs a couple of years ago, David Hasselhoff was like one of the main guests, and he just tore it up. You yeah. Know, he, was, he was huge. Um, so, so, you know, like from a purely production point of view, from the, you know... From from David Stanberg's you know acting ability you know his kind of movie star quality right to how well the you know we've already kind of touched on how well the movie is made mm-hmm. uh, story wise I think it touches on like the '80s tropes really well um, there are a couple of really great sight gags with the triceratops 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 oh yeah when this becomes a big uh, a big Hollywood movie Adam yeah. Sandler will play triceratops um, you know like and then and then. Beyond that, I you know I think the story you know surprisingly has legs because it has a time travel element to it, which they kind of like bring back and forth and it, right. It works. Um, they've made you know, and then you know I guess thinking about <laughs> we should really call this the the only movie podcast that talks about the Avengers every time. You're bring, thinking, you're doing yeah, it now. I have no now. control over this. But I was thinking about the Avengers a lot. Of course uh, you were at the end of this film, as you should, as I should, at because, the end of every film. Oh boy. Uh, if you haven't guessed it by now, Matthew Kroll is a huge fan of the Avengers, and I'm actually not, not, not a fan. Let's make something very clear. Uh, we discovered one day. Uh, I'm gonna, let's time travel a little bit because this yeah. is a short film. We have to fill time, so we're gonna time travel a little we're bit back. We're gonna, all over we're gonna place. hack through time right now. Yeah. And go back to maybe two or three months ago when Shahir came over to my house to watch Captain America, <laughs> the Winter Soldier. And he's like, oh, I heard really good things. He's like, you know, and I've seen some superhero movies with Shahir, uh, some Marvel ones in particular. And Shahir, I, you know, it just never, they never really clicked with him. And we watched Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And uh, it, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's phenomenal uh, in a lot of different ways, in a lot of surprising ways. And and I think your main reaction when you were done was just like, meh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. It, it's. I think that, so, that's the thing. It doesn't. They don't land with. And me. that's when I determined that the joke that I always use with Shahir is that he hates fun. <laughs> it's like, oh well, it's because you hate fun. But going deeper into that sort of you know uh, loving jab, it's just because that these are. You're absolutely right. These films don't resonate with you on a certain level. And in order for these films to work in any way, they need to resonate with an audience member. Yeah. And if they're just if they're just fucking sliding off you, then they're just not for you. Not for me at all. And I, you know what I find interesting every time? You always, w- I think you really want them to be. <laughs> like, I think you want to walk out of a Marvel movie and be like, this is my franchise. Yeah. You know, I really, I, but I really I don't do. think, I don't think you ever will. <laughs> like I, and we mentioned it last week, but Terminator 2, I want to feel that way again. When I walked out of Terminator 2, I was mm-hmm. like, I want to walk right back in and watch it. And I can't, the thing about Mad Max, which we talked about last mm-hmm. week, is Mad Max kind of gave me somewhat a glimmer. Of, a glimmer of that experience again. And, and it made me realize I'm not just an, an old man who's right. like slowly dying. Terminator 2 was the first film I ever cried at. Really? Yeah. I think mine might have been Did Poet Society. Okay, a little bit different. <laughs> so a little this, bit different. This might explain how to, but anyway. I know now re- why you cry. <laughs> the reason I was thinking about the Avengers at the end of it was that I thought one of the things that David Stanberg did so well in this film mm-hmm. is that at the end of this film, there is a big action scene that involves all the major characters that you've seen through uh, so far. Right. And, and, what what Josh, you know, like I do give the Avengers credit for, and Josh Whedon is really good Joss. at. Josh. Not Josh. Uh, Josh. That, you know, that guy. The, the Firefly <laughs> oh, guy. Oh, yeah, the Firefly the guy. guy. You know, Firefly over there. He, what he's really good at it's is on giving. on the space station now. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> um, he's really good at giving each character a voice and an identity that is like tangible, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't even need to do much, but you know that the Hulk is this guy. You know, yep. Iron Man is this guy, Captain America is this guy. And the funny thing about watching this film, if we're going to draw a comparison mm-hmm. between um, the Avengers and Kung Fury... Let's do it. ...is that David Stanberg, in 30 minutes, manages to do a similar thing, which is that all the major characters who appear at the end of the film, right. who some of which we've only seen for, like, a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. we know exactly what their fighting style is, we know, like... What their person, you know, like they're not just like loose personalities that we don't really care about. We know what they are. But they're, but here's the deal. This is the difference. Oh, here's the rub. They're not characters. They're caricatures. They're caricatures. Yeah. There's two Viking girls with machine guns. Okay, you know what they're gonna do. Yeah. There's they have Thor's in this movie. Yeah, Thor is here. Thor's yeah, this movie, but he's the, he's the Norse god. He's the true Norse god. And of his Thor. picks are epic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So whatever, Hacker Man, you know what Hacker Man's gonna do, and Triceratop is a cop with a Triceratops head, so he just has a gun and but, whatever. But but don't you know? Like, look, I I will say this: it is very difficult to actually draw characters that well. And there's you know, like if you I, I, here's the thing: if you watch Sundays. Like you will have a hard time figuring out who is is anyone in Sundays. Well, that's just because this film is so stylized in its different characters. Like they're I, so different. I think it's a fundamental thing of good filmmaking. Okay, and it's one of those things that we forget about that is so difficult to do. But it's like, how do you draw a character so quickly? You know that they that you un, that the audience understands. And sometimes it's the most simple things. But it, I but got like, it. But here's the thing: when you when someone gets it wrong, you really know it. Right. You know. And a lot of filmmakers get it get right. it wrong. The, this is where the Avengers in this differs because, again, I think Joss Whedon, like you said, builds great characters, and that's why you can differentiate them. Mm-hmm. This is taking what Kung Fury is doing, and it's doing it on a master class level. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Is taking tropes that we all know and introducing them very clearly, and going with that. The, Mar- the Marvel universe and sort of everything built to that, and like no one knew who the fuck Iron Man was before he was, you know, I mean, yeah. some of the nerds knew he was drunk in the 70s, that's about it. Yeah. But like, this movie is taking like, oh, Norse Viking babes with machine guns, check. Dinosaurs, check. Uh, nerdy tech guy, check. Like, it's taking all these things, and it's doing it very well, but yeah. it's not, like, I don't know, I don't know what drives Hacker Man. No, but you know what he is and how he's going to fight and how he's going to respond to a situation. Sure, but that's not a character. It's a caricature. Right. But again, that is it's very hard to do well. It's sure. one of those things I think that, we're, that we're arguing about agreeing with something. No, it's one of those things that's fundamental to filmmaking, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, like very few young filmmakers get that right. And yeah. like and like very few young filmmakers, myself included, you know, have you know, like find it difficult to like Put characters on screen and have them be identifiable and quick and you know like understandable really really easy like using a visual medium that way and this guy does it 
in a short in his I think maybe his first short film it might not be right but with like five characters really quickly sits up the team you know there are a lot of like big Hollywood films that don't, that don't do, do it that don't do that no well. and, and actually uh, not to because just mm. to bring up uh, the last project that I was working on the there was the it's that I mentioned it last world week domination. world yeah. dominated incorporated yeah. that's kind of a similar thing it's six very strong different characters that we're trying to set up very quickly um, and it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard, and we just wrote the half-hour pilot. Yeah, and trying to get them sort of like sort of in a, it's much different format if you're doing a half hour than like seven or eight minutes. Just like a half-hour film is much different than a feature-length film. Yeah, it's difficult as shit to yeah, do. It's really, uh, and, and I think he should, you know, David Sandberg should be commended. Yeah, no, he, that, he should for for that kind of visual and storytelling precision, and also ch- cho- yeah, choices in what story to tell to make it easier. Yeah, to do those things well. Yes, I think I think we're talking about this film more seriously than it should be talked about. But at the same time, I think we want to appreciate the craft that goes on. Right. Well, how can you not? I mean, look, we're talking about it. We're talking about it in a very serious light. But this dude and his team. I mean, this was their life for four years. Yeah. Like I know he probably took a couple other jobs between. You know, but like this, you can, that's yeah. Here we go. Now we're gonna bring it back and we're gonna agree with something about Avengers. <laughs> uh, uh, we really gotta rename this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Um, the only podcast where Shahir never agrees about Avengers. Um, no, the the love behind this is very apparent. Just like you can tell the love behind the Avengers first one, first one was very apparent. Uh, this film is it's it's different in the sense of this is obviously a passion project that he didn't like a major studio wasn't behind him and he just decided to do it along with his team and you can tell in in the final product that like wow everyone involved in this cared yeah um and everyone worked really hard and and the you know the cool thing is they really delivered as well they mm-hmm. really they really I, I don't I think feel... it took longer than they promised but uh or maybe it didn't I don't know I'll but they really the they didn't like. They didn't like fail to deliver, you know. Like every no, scene was big, it escalated. The the you know like you could argue that the original trailer kind of gives you like eighty percent of the what what's going to be in this film. Right. But you still f- like watching the 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 thirty minute version. I still felt I got more out of it than the trailer. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, I, I think he should be commended for that. Now then, the other side of it is is uh, the villain. <laughs> right. Let's <laughs> talk about that. Um. Uh. The Kung Fuhrer. Or Adolf Hitler, as we like yes. to know. Um, I think this, you know, like this is a fun character to play with. You know, like there, there have been, par- you know, you can go back to Chaplin, you know, like to um, the great dictator. You know, sure. People, people like to make fun of Hitler um, because although a monster, he he is a ridiculous figure. You know, and and this and this film has this great monologue about uh, what an Aryan mustache is. And and I think it's just like you know right. he really does tap you know it, it sounds like I'm taking this film way too seriously mm-hmm. but I think like the 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 kind of comedic writing that he's able to bring to like okay instead of like here's just a generic bad guy our bad guy is Adolf fucking Hitler <laughs> which I mean look I'll play devil's advocate here which could be argued is the generic bad guy yeah but but that's but what it does it for a comedic purpose in yeah, this film that's so. what the film is yeah you know. So it's 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 just great writing. You know, it's fun writing. Yeah. My my only hesitation about this film mm-hmm. is is I you know, and you know, David Sandberg does not need to take my advice in any way, shape, or form. Don't listen to the only podcast yes, about yeah. your film, David Sandberg. But but I hope that in the next thing that this guy makes and he's he's enormously talented, mm-hmm. is, you know, has some kind of evolution either in story, style, you know, like it can he sustain what he does here in 30 minutes across 90 minutes. And that requires a different kind of storytelling. Sure. You know? Um, I, I bet you he can. I think he can. Um, I, I think he can. I just I just don't want to, like, see him not do that. Because yeah. that, that's, that will be, you know, the death of him. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at the Kickstarter. Apparently it funded fully in January uh, January 2014. Right. So I could have swore it was around longer than that. I if feel like the trailer was the around. The trailer was around longer, and then maybe he threw it on Kickstarter. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look up the timeline. Um, I'll have to hack that later. We. It's a curious thing, Kickstarting for a short... And, uh, you know, you have to really make it clear. The budget that they had for a short film here is ridiculously high. Like $600,000 for a short film mm-hmm. is a huge budget. Um, but they spent. It looks like they spent it well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's on the screen, but it, yeah. it, but but short films don't tend to get those kinds of budgets. Yeah, you know? like short films range from 
twenty dollars right right up to you know twenty thousand a hundred thousand is kind of the old like in New Zealand sure. there is a there's a model of short filmmaking which where ninety thousand is the upper limit. Um, that model seems to be going away, you know, right. as people can do more with less resources. Sure. Um, I'm not sure, you know, the ethics of that are to be debated. What? <laughs> but, uh, you know, $600,000 for a short film is a lot of money. Yeah, but I think, I think... Justifiably so in this case? I but think like, so. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. If this was a Hollywood film, yeah. if this was a major studio, even if it was only still half hour, I know that doesn't happen, but yeah. let's just for the sake of argument say it could. What do you think it would cost? It would cost way the fuck more than 600000 It would cost more, but there's more potential f- for a return. That's the difference. Sure. You know, so there, you, you could argue, like, 30 minutes in a Hollywood film might cost $5 million. You know, like, right. 30 minutes of Mad Max will cost $20 million, right. probably, or something like that. But there is more... But A, that's built on a franchise that already exists, that mm-hmm. already makes money, that has star power behind it, and has much more potential for return. So $600,000 on an untested, funky comedy that was funded on Kickstarter is a greater risk because, you know, fundamentally, there is no... I mean, I know they're selling T-shirts, they're selling versions of the film online. It's not a greater risk, though, because the backers, unlike a studio that's putting up $5 million, is backers are 5 and $10 for the most part. You know, and like they're not expecting a return. Right. They're, they, they've already it's Kickstarter. Paid, yeah, they're paid for what they're getting. Yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, I still think, you know... With all that in mind, you know, like, and without the infrastructure and studio overhead that comes with making a feature film, mm-hmm. $600,000 for a 30-minute green screen film like this is a lot of money. And, it's, and, and I want to say it's definitely on the screen. Right. Uh, it's definitely there. Um, you know, so it's money well spent. I think, I think you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised if you hit YouTube right now and watch it. Right. Oh, yeah. no, absolutely. I completely agree. It it Don uh, so uh, do you know who Don Hertzfeld is the filmmaker yeah. Yeah, yeah so so my spoon is too big my spoon is too big my anus is bleeding oh we could quote this all day mm-hmm. <laughs> funny hats only here funny hats only um so Don Hertzfeld wrote an article this week or he was interviewed this week by IndieWire I think about sure. uh, short film ma- short film making and you know like he has an interesting art argument which is that I I think the fu- the the main quote and I'm paraphrasing here is right. is that artists should make art it should be their full-time job it shouldn't be the side gig that we do around commercial projects whoops um and that's what Don Hertzfeld is about uh, I think you know like the thing about short films is short films can be like a great format for art mm-hmm. and you know like like I think about the films of uh, Louis Bunuel or David Lynch's early films as well, you yeah. know, which were fundamentally art pieces. They mm-hmm. weren't films to like, you know, films to, to to argue that I could make a feature film. You know, like that that that's the thing. Films that's, as not proving grounds. Yes. Yeah, films unto themselves. Yes. I, you know, that's always been a thing that I really believe in. Short films should be works unto themselves, and they should work like in the same way that a TV, a great TV show like The Wire, for example, could only be that length. Mm-hmm. A short film should be a story that could only be that length. Well, you're not looking forward to The Wire, the movie? <laughs> yeah, I don't think The Wire, the movie would do Or, you know, like another example that I love that's a really good example of this is uh, Watchmen or anything by Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. I think Alan Moore as a writer, like, you know, Watchmen and From Hell, they, to me, they work fundamentally in the best possible way as graphic novels. They do things in that medium and at the lengths that they're at, you know, because of because of the way sure. they write. Sure, um, And I think short films, you know, like, I, I want to see more short films by Don Hertzfeld. You know, I want to see more shorts by... By um uh by David Lynch, you know, like uh, there was another uh another you know short major short film came out this week directed by Justin Lin, hmm. who directed the Fast and the Furious. They were tra- basically trying to prove the worth of the Google 360 camera. Oh, uh, and, interesting. Yeah, and so there was a you know he released a short film that was like an action short film in 360. Um, hmm. It would be interesting to see an art project in 360 in 360. Right. It probably exists, but maybe we we won't see it. I don't know. Hmm. You know, it might exist in a museum or something like that. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that, that's a long tirade about my, you know, like my feelings about short films. But um, welcome to the only podcast where Shahir <laughs> will talk about his feelings about short films. Actually, that's the truth. Yeah, 
All yeah, right. We might. No, they're probably out. Yeah, there's one. There's but, at least two or three more. But you and I have both made short films, and yeah, and you know, like whenever I make a short film, you, I, I've got a little bit more pressure these days to make short films that prove that I can be a feature filmmaker. Right. And, yeah, I can know, see that. You know, like, and and on the one hand, I agree with all that. You know, like with that kind of proof of concept. Yeah. On the other hand, I, I one thing I really dislike when I when I sit down to watch a short film, right, is when I feel like. This isn't a film. This is a trailer for the director. Yeah, which this Kung Fury did not feel like that. It. This is one of those Kung Fury is one of those rare things where I think this is this is a a really good film that also happens to be a very good trailer for right. the director. It makes me want to see more of his. Of work. course, yeah. no, and that's like the best trailers. Yeah, that's what its job was. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like I say that, but I'm that's sort of reverting back to what I said. Its job wasn't to do that. It's just so good that it did. Yeah. In in this particular, you know, like you can certainly see David Sandberg has a place in the multiplex. Right. He, he has a. There is a. There. I feel like you know, with the right kind of support, with the right kind of scripting, with the right kind of future development, there is definitely a place for this guy. In the blockbuster realm. Now let's talk about this, because if I agree, I think there is a place for him, but let's talk about how big that place is. And this is something I don't have the answer to. Uh, what? So <laughs> I, I would like to sort of open this to discussion between Shahir and I. And actually, um, we don't have an email yet, do we? No. We got next week we'll have an email for you to write in if you'd like to write in to us for things we're saying. But this is a topic that I'd like to hear about. Sadly, you can't get a hold of me. So we're just gonna talk right now. Yeah. Do you think that Call or the, dial in right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Call or you're live. Uh, do you think, Shahir, that the space that uh, David could, like, how do I put this? The audience that he could draw, right, yeah. on a main stage or what we consider the main stage of Hollywood. Yeah. Do you think that audience is larger or smaller than, say, the audience for the film that just came out this week, San Andreas? I think... Now, there's you have to distinguish what you know. The thing about San Andreas is is that 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 film is probably going to make a lot of money mm-hmm. because it has a it has a movie star you know like uh, you know The Rock in it, uh, Dwayne Johnson, but but it also has a major marketing machine behind it. You know, like and a lot of ancillary marketing. You know, it doesn't I know. just appear. I know, but but <laughs> and so and so here's the thing, is that David Stan, uh, Stanberg Sandberg could have that kind of impact. If he's given the right kind of support, so from the let's people. let's change the question a little bit. Yeah. Do you think, with the same amount of advertising support, etc., yeah, that the same that the same amount of people would go to see if they opened opening weekend, San Andreas, Kung Fury, feature length Kung Fury? Let's say I just want to make yeah. them as similar as possible, but maintain their styles. One's very Hollywood blockbuster nonsense. One is cop with the Triceratops head nonsense. Yeah. Right. Do you think the what do you think the split would be in that situation? Like with with movie going America, what would the split be if they can only see one film each? You know, it is hard to say that a film like um, San Andreas wouldn't pull a bigger audience because of because of the factor of The Rock. The Rock is a worldwide global phenomenon, uh, and it would be uh, you know like we saw it last week with Mad Max as well. Mad Max didn't pull in as much as Pitch Perfect too, right? You know, so. My point, my point is this: while I do think that, well, before, I'm going to interrupt. You okay, because there is a really good case study of this. Of this. Okay, of, great. Of what Maybe you can answer the question. Is Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan was a young independent filmmaker. He made one independent film following, which got you know, which barely got distributed in the United right. States. It was a you know, uh, uh, a success at Sun uh, at Sundance. No, it wasn't even a success. It was a success at Slam Dance. Um, and then he made Memento, which got him into Sundance. Mm-hmm. That film didn't like do gangbusters, but it got a lot of word of mouth. Sure. And then with the right infrastructure and support, the well, there was two films between that. You know, the next film he did was Batman. And right. Th- I mean, uh, now inevitably, Batman is a huge property. But David Sandberg strikes me as the kind of guy that if if I was an executive in Hollywood and I was floating around some comic book or some property that like needed revitalizing, I'd be like, hey, let's bring this guy in and see what he's got. You know, like, see what he says. Like, if we're doing, I don't know, you know, The Crow is uh, being is, is up for a remake, and I know that they were working on it. I, I think it's fallen off the planet. But if I had the rights to The Crow or some other property like that, I'd be like, 
you know, like now he doesn't immediately strike me as the guy, you know, like it's not exactly the crow, but I'd be like, this guy seems like a go-getter. He seems like he understands movies. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring him in for, I mean, again, the, who the fuck am I to say this, but I wouldn't bring him in for The Crow. The Crow is a very specific sort of, like, The Crow is a weird movie that I feel, and because of its three sequels, mm. um, the original Crow is a film that will never be made again. There'll be movies named The Crow. Yeah. It's not going to be The Crow. Whereas, there's been films that have been remade and whatever, like, like that, just like Terminator Genesis isn't going to be Terminator 2. Yeah. Like, it's just what, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But getting back to the original question, yeah. it's less of my, I'm not questioning his prowess as a filmmaker. I'm not questioning him versus the Hollywood machine as a whole. I'm saying this film with its style and what he's proven so far that he can do, and I'm not familiar with his commercial work, so I can't sort of bring that through it as well. Yeah. But like, we know he can make 80s parody the, <laughs> the highest form ever, right? Yeah. So there's an 80s movie parody movie that's action. Yeah. And typical Hollywood blockbuster nonsense with a great name attached to it. Do you th- do do I think which which one's gonna get like? I just of- I just still think that much like Mad Max sort of did. I mean, there was undercurrents of it, like getting swallowed by Pitch Perfect too. I feel like that anything like this film in a major motion picture sort of playground or or schoolyard, I would say, even with equal footing, is gonna get swallowed up. I feel like it's and, and swallowed up as I mean, not many people would go see it for the amount. Like if yeah, you know, it's, and, it's hard to translate YouTube numbers into like box office numbers because they don't translate. Yeah, Instagram followers don't translate. Like all this stuff doesn't actually translate to people watching or doing things. Well, it's that you know, it's that old economics question, which is that like the the amount of people who will pay, you know, a dollar for a loaf of bread versus the amount of people that are willing to pay ten dollars for a loaf of bread is right. that kind of curve and. And YouTube to box office, but I guess my question is, in the in the internet era, in the age of filmmaking, you know, in you know, what was that Walter Benjamin book, uh, Art in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction? What? <laughs> you know, uh, oh, that old rag, that old rag. You know, like if in the welcome age- to the only <laughs> podcast about whatever the hell Shakir just said. <laughs> Oh, that's my film school uh, uh, film theory oh. uh, coming back. Uh, Dust uh, off your diploma. Yeah, exactly. But like you know, the age of like, uh, and this is another b- book I'm thinking about right now. But the age of the hyperlink, the age of like uh, continuously interconnected media. Sure. You know, like that is that is not pay per view. Right. Um, is the box office relevant? I guess it is because we still, you know, the the, the economy of Hollywood still dictates. The box dominate. office is relevant because the box office is relevant. No, no, money I, only means something because money means something. I guess what I'm saying is, is can David Sandberg be a huge star, you know, a big name, sure, without blockbuster? Like, could he make like two more Kickstarter films, like maybe at a million dollars a piece? Mm-hmm. And make his name doing that. And could there be a new model where people are just paying? There should be. There should be. Uh, (laughs) I think, I think. I guess the, you know, like the interesting thing is the metrics of it all. You know, like, you know, like do. And how quick. Here's the other thing. Yeah. YouTube video, 4 million in two days. That's fantastic. There's no question that those numbers are wonderful. Yeah. What about all the other fantastic videos that we've seen that have been like, holy shit, did you see this has 7 million views in three days? Like, holy crap. And now they're gone. Like, for instance, uh, uh, what does the fox say? You remember that? Yeah. I mean, that was like, and that was like in the vicinity of 20 million views. That was whatever. And it's gone now. You don't hear of Yivis or whatever the hell their thing is anymore. Like, it's that that social network thing. You know, it's like, uh, you know what's cool? You know, a million isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion. Yeah. You know, or like, again, this is a different sort of video, but remember the ice bucket challenge? You sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same stuff. And the internet, for being this medium that actually technically remembers everything, has the shortest memory. Here's a, you know, like, we're talking about Kung Fury like it's the next greatest thing. And it's great that we're doing a podcast about it. and we're The only, a, the only podcast. podcast about it. But, but, yeah, in a week's time, two weeks' time, 
how much you know like maybe it might be a month you know like certain products sure. have, a, have a certain longevity and this is gonna come off as humble brag or something at this moment as mm. well but you know like i directed a music video called cymatics which oh. was a science project did you yeah i did it got it got it's a good video. seven million views or something it's, right. it's in that vicinity mm-hmm. right now but i you know we're not you know and when we when we first released it and it was getting all that publicity mm-hmm. there was a lot of hype we're getting a lot of emails and those things just die off very quickly yeah and you, you just you know like people stop emailing you and people stop calling because you. 13 other things just came out exactly i mean my my attention span for new things is like you know like like the biggest thing that came out on the internet two days ago was taylor swift's bad blood video two like a week ago sure you know like but who's watching or talking about that now i mean the group of 14 year old girls i was walking behind <laughs> trying to get to work today was talking about it a lot oh really yeah it was actually kind of funny oh well they're just like I haven't heard someone say they love something and, oh, my God, they love something as much over and over again as Taylor Swift's Bad Blood. The song or the video? I don't know. I I mean, I you know, Joseph Kahn is an interesting guy, the filmmaker Mm -hmm. who made that video. He also made a Power Rangers film a little while back. Is that the dark one? Yeah. yeah, Oh, same guy? Same guy. Same same guy. Um, He's an interesting filmmaker. I, I don't think that's a particularly good music video no it's not because it it does the exact opposite of what kung fury does is it takes all these characters that it names yeah but and you did throws <laughs> them at the wall and for there's not a character in that thing i mean it's a music video so it's a different medium i know plenty time. of music videos that have characters yeah yeah but uh yeah you know like it's more difficult for that music video to the get gimmick is so many female stars yes yeah, i yeah. understand and, and then when it comes to that big explosion at the end i have no idea who's who and i don't oh care. no but then again i'm not the you know you it's very you could argue very clearly that Kung Fury is aimed at me. Bad Blood is not aimed at me. Yeah, sure. You know, so, so there, there is that distinction. I, I think anyone who listens to this podcast, which might be a hundred people at best at this sure, point, sure, sure, we're growing, folks. We're growing, oh, we're going to be the next big thing, though. We're the only thing. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's inevitable that we are the hugest. Uh, whatever. Um, Never fact check me. <laughs> um, you know. Like oh sorry, people should go out and watch Kung Fury. Yes, and I think people should share it, and I think you'll have a lot of fun with this movie. Um, and and you know, arguably, I would say it's more fun than you will have at the blockbuster at, at the cinema right now. Maybe other than Mad Max. Sure. Yeah. No, I would completely agree with that. I think it takes if you're a child of the '80s and you grew up, uh, you grew up with this sort of film. Uh, there's no way you're gonna watch this and not like it. Like, yeah. And I, th- I think about this too. Like, what if I showed this to my dad? And my dad, he loves Cobra. Yeah. But he would think this thing's fucking stupid. Really? Because he loves Cobra. Because when he saw Cobra, Cobra yeah. was serious. Right. When I saw Cobra, Cobra was cool, but also kind of hokey. Yeah. And now this is like taking that hokey factor. And jacking it to, to hell. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, this is, you know, we were talking about the value of short films being able to stand up on their own. Yeah. And you could argue that this may not stand up on its own, too. You know, it requires a lot of um, self-awareness. It, yeah. it requires a lot. You, you have know, to buy in. You have to buy in because it's technically making a bad movie. You know, like, yeah. that's the joke. We're making mm-hmm. a bad movie. But we're doing it on a grand scale. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I would be. I think that's a really good. Ex- I think we should get your dad on the phone after he's watched this and see what he thinks. Uh, I will do this for next time we record. We'll do a quick. We'll do a quick recap of this. I will send my father a link and, see and he once he it. figures out how to use his email, <laughs> he no, he uses email. Um, I'll have him watch it and I'll have him record a very quick audio review. Of Kung Fury and what he thinks of it. That would be amazing. I, w- I would love to hear that. And he will hate it. <laughs> you think so? I do. But anyway, I love it. You loved it. I-, Again, I love it with some reservations, but I do think we should share it. I think for what it is, it's fantastic, and you should all watch it. And it's a half hour of your life, and absolutely no money other than electricity and your computer, smartphone device, tablet, whatever, and your internet connection. So it is going to cost you, I mean, per half hour. Opportunity cost. I'd say like thirteen fifty six, something like that. Well, that's, you know, how much you would pay to go see San Andreas. Yeah. And you're going to have a bit of time in this. Something like that. Yeah. So there you go. Um, anyway, this has been the only podcast about Kung Fury. 
Uh, Shahir, tell the people where else they can find you. You can look at my work, uh, and you can get in touch with me at shiherdowd.com. Shahir Dowd. My mother is the only person that pronounces my name, Shiher. She's not here. She's not here. Is she? She might be listening. Are we in your mom's <laughs> house? Hi, Mom. Um, shahirdowd.com, which is S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Okay, we, we only have one more minute. So, uh, <laughs> good, good, good. Yep. Matt uh, Kroll, how can we get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me by climbing to the highest mountaintop and screaming Skeletor at the top of your lungs. No. And Skeletor will come down. And he'll come down. And he'll be like, he's over there. <laughs> um, no, you can find me conveniently at MatthewKroll.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com. Uh, or you can find me on Instagram, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z, Skeletor for Prez. Or you can find me on Twitter at Emperor MSK. Uh, go there to any of those places to interact or go to my website to see my work. Check out also www.wdi.pw. That's the work of WDI, World Dominated Incorporated, short series I'm trying to make with a buddy. Also check out Same Night Movie Review uh, with for written reviews of actual blockbusters written by the one and only Steven Buja, who is uh, a fantastic writer. Killing it in that department. He's uh, been with me doing movie reviews for quite a while, and we will be coming back with a live video podcast soon. But that is pretty much all of if- that. If you want to get in touch, like, we would love it if you, you know, we haven't got an email yet, but we're working on it. Email us on the, on those avenues. Sure. We'd love to, like, Sure. If you'd you. like to email us, our email addresses are there, uh, and you can contact us, and you can tell us what you thought of Kung Fury. If one person writes us and just tells us what they thought of Kung Fury. Who's not your dad or my who's mom. Not, <laughs> right. Who's not related to either of us, I would call that a win. Anyway, uh, we have hacked all the time we can right now. Uh, so I guess without further ado, I am Matthew Kroll. I'm Shahir Dowd. And this has been the only, what was it? The only podcast about movies. Kung Fury Edition. <laughs> Thanks tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Later. Hacking, 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 hacking. Hacking.